0: I would say to them that we are all created the same. We all have the same wiring. We are hardwired to access the field because we are spirit animated form. And therefore, there is no gap between what we call here and there. We are that gap.
1: Welcome to Supernormalize, the podcast where we challenge the conventional, break boundaries and normalize the seemingly supernatural. Join me, CJ, as we explore less uncharted realms of existence and unravel the mysteries of life experience. My treasured listeners, if you have a life story or healing modality or unique knowledge that you'd love to share, reach out to me at supernormalized, that's supernormalized with a Z, at proton.me. Let's together embrace acceptance of the supernatural and unusual as what it really is, completely normal. Today on Supernormalize you'll meet Julie Marie, a gifted trans dimensional healer, intuitive medium, and experienced spiritual teacher. She's ready to share over her three decades worth of stories and interactions with the unseen world. Her book, Signals From My Soul, A Spiritual Memoir of Awakening, details her journey from a series of spiritual transformative events that changed her life to the high points of the next three decades. Through her grounded, practical approach to spirituality, she aims to help sensitive seekers understand the unique connection to the unseen and unlock their spiritual potential. As a founder of the Academy for the Intuitive Arts, Julia Marie offers courses and coaching to support others on their spiritual journeys. With her extensive training and expertise, she can speak confidently on topics such as past lives, mediumship intuition, energy healing and practical ways to integrate more spirit into your life julia marie believes in the capacity of individuals to access the field and wants to empower others to trust their unique connection to the unseen today we'll hear her valuable insights and encouragement to all my listeners today welcome to super julia marie now julia you've had quite a lot of experiences yourself throughout time but first of all how about you give us some of your Life story your backstory into into how you got into everything that you do today. And what do you do?
0: Well, I For what I offer is um, Basically, I'm an intuitive a medium and an energy healer And I teach people how to make their own connection to their intuition but where I was 33 years ago was active duty military and finishing a law degree. I was going to be an attorney because I wanted to speak for people who had no voice. And I didn't realize at the time that my soul was calling me to a higher purpose, but my mind was still asleep. So I was one of those children that was aware when I was young. I heard the music of the spheres when I was eight with my body not with my ears and it was like a heavenly choir like you hear people talk about but due to family circumstances I was one of those that tamped it all down so that I could operate in my household and so it wasn't until I was in my 30s that the universe gave me a wake-up call and hit me upside the head with a metaphysical two-by-four and said You're not understanding what we want you to do. You have work to do, and it's not here. And so through a series of events that I call spiritually transformative events, um, my transition from military service to serving spirit took about 18 months. But when I was asked to sell my house and my law practice, I went all in because I figured this is either a figment of my imagination, and I'm going totally off the deep end, or this is real, and I want to find out which is which.
1: You're willing to take the leap.
0: I was willing to take the leap. Mm. Didn't have a whole lot to lose, but
1: yeah, yeah,
0: just my life. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> life as I knew it. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a very positive change for you because a lot of good things have rolled out from that experience that um, happened for 18 months. So how did that roll out for you? And how did you experience that change? I mean, because you were possibly like a a staunch materialist and then maybe when when something started to open for you, how did it open?
0: I was raised in a family where if you couldn't see it, hear it, feel it, taste it or touch it, it wasn't real. Mm, So it was very Mm. difficult to suddenly be experiencing physical things in my, fi- in my fi- th- experiencing things in my physical body that obviously had a non-physical origin. For example, it started with spontaneous activation of what I later found out was healing energy. And I had round red circles appear on my body where I later, they were about maybe uh, half a dollar size Uh, maybe an inch and a half red where where the chakras are but I didn't know about chakras at the time and a red stripe of energy that started to move in uh, cycles up my spine until it reached the top of my head I thought my ears were going to blow off my head was going to explode and I had like it was like fire sunburn fire it broke blood vessels in my face yeah That's how intense it was. I didn't know it, but it was probably Kundalini. It would be my guess. And along with that came an opening of perception. Now, always being a highly visual person, the clairvoyance came online for me first. So I perceived people showing up in my living room. There was a group of seven that were teachers. And they gave me seven principles to live my life by and told me that if I did, I wouldn't need any human teachers. And so I've had no human teachers. It's all come through direct understanding, except for when I started doing mediumship. Then I did get formal training from earthly people. But that's a whole other phase of things. And there was also a series of... um, I guess visitations. I don't tell the story a lot, but you told me some pretty good ones, so I'll trade. (laughs) (laughs) There was a group, um, I believe now they're probably part of the team that I work with now. They would be the assistants because the, the energy beings that work with me to do the healing work are about 12 to 14 feet tall, and they look like columns of light. They're just light. I don't feel any gender from them. Um, But sometimes with them, I see some shorter beings that are like maybe three or four feet tall. They're just happy, busy. They do whatever they are told. And they showed up in my living room three different times, always in the middle of the night. For me, the experiences were, Always at night. I was awake at night and slept during the day. So that was kind of an interesting switch to my cycle, but when I asked them why, it made sense to me. Right. And that is when the humans around you are asleep at night, their consciousness is out of the body, less static. That lets us be able to make a stronger connection with you because we don't have so much static to go through. So these Three visits were to, I feel like, upgrade my etheric body or my spiritual wiring in some kind of way. But it took the form of sets of, they looked like clear quartz crystals. And they were a very thin set at first. And they always put them where my bones were, like the, the bones in my arms and my legs, primarily, and some in my back and my head. But for the most part, they were just like crystals. And then three weeks later, they came back and took those out and put in a bigger set. And then three weeks later, they came for the third time. And the set they put in the third time was the size of my physical body. So they were really big. And the whole time I'm thinking, this has got to be a figment of my imagination. Until they went to put the ones in my, in my calves, my shins for some reason. They said, now don't move. And when they put those in, I felt sharp shooting pains. (laughs) And I thought, okay, this I guess this is real. I guess this isn't. I feel that those were to help uh, accelerate the raising of my vibration of my physical body because I've been asleep for so long. So I feel like this was all part of let's get her online. We can give her this booster. Yeah. Set yes. these amplifiers. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. And, and, and raise her frequency. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and raise her frequency up to where she can handle what she would have normally been able to if she'd stayed awake.
1: Mm. Well, so
0: I feel like that was compensation.
1: Yeah, definitely. It sounds like those uh, crystalline objects were um, raising your frequency and tuning you mm-hmm. into their frequency really Mm -hmm. obviously and we all know that crystals actually do resonate at certain frequencies so it's not surprising they use crystals or they have used crystals yep Mm. okay so this happened to you how long ago now
0: right at the very beginning of my awakening so that would have been 30 it was 1989 1990
1: and and have they come back to visit you at at, since at all
0: not that i've been aware of but Mm -hmm. i suspect they've been around. I just, I'm not aware of it.
1: Okay. They've done their uh, early work and that's enough for now.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So then after that, um, your life changed rather dramatically, almost did a 180. You've sold your, your business at the time and decided to go all in on your intuitive work.
0: On following spirit.
1: On following spirit.
0: That's all I, yep. I'm just, whatever this connection is, I'm going to follow. Because yeah. I wasn't doing readings or anything. I, the first decade of my journey yes. was all about learning how my connection to the universe worked okay, and testing it. So ah. my life was a laboratory for 10 years. I did a, basically a living experiment. I would get hits or hunches, and I would follow them, and I would document the result of them so that I could determine what was spirit or my soul and what was my human mind. Because the signals are similar, but very different once you learn to read them.
1: Yes. Okay. So then you're inspired to change your life. Um, you've integrated this new um, understanding and connection to the universe. And mm-hmm. you started reading for people and using your intuitive abilities. What, what actually um, were you doing with your intuitive abilities at that time?
0: The hands-on healing was a natural outflow. That's kind of where it started was with my hands would turn on when I would get around people. I thought, well, maybe there's something to this. So it started with offering hands-on healing. And people would just come and I would sit them in a chair and do a certain series of hand positions like I was shown to do. And um, they would feel better and... I could feel a release or a relief of like almost like a pressure building up when I would go ahead and just let it flow through me. Mm. And then over time, I started putting them on a table. And then when I would put my hands on people, it seemed like I could see with my hands. Yeah, It was like I had eyes in the palms of my hands. It was kind of an odd sensation. (laughs) But I started picking up information about the people while Mm. I was working with them. So that's how... Everything unfolded organically. Yeah. I did not go to a school to learn how to be intuitive. Mm. I did not go to a school to learn how to do energy healing, except that I will say, when people started asking me, what kind of healing do you do? I said, well, I don't know. It doesn't have a name. And I got so tired of telling people the story of, that I just told you, that I went and got a Reiki mastership. So I could say, when they say, what kind of healing do you do? I would say, I am a Reiki master, which wasn't, I wasn't lying to them because that Mm. wasn't the kind of healing I was doing, but I was giving them a a box to put it in.
2: Yeah. Hook and they can go, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well now I actually am attuning people to whatever this is that runs through me because they told me to. So, I believe it's a 5D modality as opposed to whatever Reiki is. It's different. Yeah.
1: Tell me about your understanding of the 5D modality, the 5D reality.
0: It is less linear. It's, it's nonlinear in nature. And so everything spirals, everything, everything to me spirals and it feels more expanded. I don't know. I guess that would be how I would describe it.
1: Mm. Mm. A lot of people talk about us being on the precipice of the change from this reality into the 5D. Is that something that you um, hold on to as well?
0: Um, I believe there are many of us walking almost in 5D already while still being here. Because the 5D is going to have to be anchored in this dimension somehow. Mm. That in my opinion, is going to be anchored by people, number one, that have the awareness to understand that's how it's going. We're not going anywhere. Mm. I don't know why people keep thinking we're going somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think people think of it as a journey that, you know, it's not anywhere else. Well, (laughs) when they say ascension,
0: it's like they think it's like, I just feel like they have. Yes. No. No.
2: No.
0: No. You're expanding into what's already there. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So how do you help our sensitive seekers understand their unique connection to the unseen and unlock their spiritual potential through your academy for the intuitive arts?
0: My favorite thing is to have a group of people that may not even know they are intuitive to be able to point out to them how their intuitive skill set works by normalizing something that most people see as woo woo i actually say intuition is a life skill it's not magic it's a life skill and so it would behoove all of us to learn how our the senses of our soul actually work based on how our physical senses work that's a good way to get an idea of what your strongest intuitive sense is like i said earlier for me clairvoyance came online that was the first way that i was able to access information was through clairvoyance but that's because i was a highly visual person physically so my soul sense of clairvoyance was my strongest so if people just want to know well i wonder which one i'm best at well if you're an empath or a or somebody who feels what other people feel then then your sentience, that's your whole card that's your go to. Yeah. So start paying attention to that. So I just work people through identifying which ones they're strongest. How whether they're left brain, right brain or whole brain. We do a few little um what do you call them surveys to give them an idea of how it might work for them. Then they learn about it and then we practice.
1: Mm. Like any muscle has to be exercised over time to. The only difference
0: between me and my students is I go to the gym more.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I've done more repetitions. Yeah.
1: (laughs) In what ways do you believe individuals can access the unseen world and trust their unique connection to it?
0: In what ways do I believe they can access it? through any one of their senses they Mm. if all they want to do is say i wonder if this could work for me i tell people all the time give spirit or the universe whatever you want to call it give them five minutes a day Mm. be consistent and be conscious with your intent to connect and just sit in the silence focus on your breathing don't think about anything except a connection And I always say, I never ask Spirit, I only ask Spirit two questions. What do I need to know? Or what do I need to do next? That's all I've ever asked for the past 30 plus years. So pick one of those, hold that question in your mind. And then as you sit, anticipating that you're going to get a response, because once you, the universe is interactive. Our problem is we don't know we can interact with the field. So we don't even bother to ask the question. Yeah. But if right. you give five minutes and ask the question, you will get a response. So you're going to mm-hmm. observe your body or you're, you're going to, did it come in as a thought in my head? Did I all of a sudden get some kind of random lyric in my head? Or did I get this feeling, did I get goosebumps, did I have a clenching, whatever that response is, that's your, that's your, probably your strongest channel. So you focus on that one and know that once it hits a certain limit, the rest of them are going to come on board. And pretty soon you're having multi-sensory experiences and you don't have to fight to learn that. You just have to focus on your strongest one.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's like um, getting a better ability to listen, yeah, to listen better.
0: And it's Mm. unique for everybody, which is Mm. why developing your skill set is not a cookie cutter thing.
1: Mm. You've been through living in a material sort of life then gone into uh, a healer, intuitive sort of life as well. So you actually found a path that makes sense for you and you could probably help others. Um, along their path to spiritual awakening, how, how would you do that personally, and um, while well, giving them um, grounded ways to live in 3D as well?
0: Well, the first thing I would say is, uh, you don't have to give up your mundane or 3D or regular job in order to have a spiritual journey or practice. Yeah you can, it's very easily integrated. All you have to do is move in the world with more awareness. And that in and of itself is a practice. The more aware you are, trust and believe it will unfold naturally. Mm. So write down your notes. Don't worry about right or wrong. There's nothing here about right or wrong. We're just, it's data so when you first start out you just look at it as well let me just gather some data on how things operate for me and do that consistently and you'd be surprised at how much you're already paying attention if you just pay attention to what you're paying attention to it's really just a matter of awareness
1: Mm. it seems like a lot of reality is um at this stage in history is set up to be a distraction from all of these abilities in some way or another. So it's um, yeah, it's welcome to hear that message that paying attention changes everything.
0: Well, I, I encourage people that want to do this or have this as part of their life to maybe put down their, their devices, particularly their cell phones. I don't have a smartphone. I have a flip phone that I travel with only because, you know, if I get stuck out in the middle of nowhere, I need to be able to call a tow truck. But for the most part, I gave up the whole texting thing because I found myself getting annoyed at how much of my time was spent communicating with people via text. So no, you can email me or you can use like a regular phone and talk to me and we'll be happy, but I, I gained about two hours a day just getting rid of that your vibration is entrained to whatever it is you're paying attention to so if you're constantly on your phone that's not really a very high generally speaking very high vibrating matrix to be plugging your attention into put it down Go for a walk, look at the sky, talk to the trees. I don't care, do something that's going to entrain you to a different layer of the current thing we call reality that we're living in.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, yeah, I think all those tools definitely keep us away from the abilities that we actually naturally have, um, and suppress them even really, um, mm-hmm. because they are they are attention, attention seeking, um, addictive devices, you know, to put it another way.
0: Well, and sympathetic resonance and, tra- and entrainment say that yeah. whatever we are focusing on, we entrain ourselves to so we're literally lowering our vibration. When mm. we engage in that activity so incessantly, which is counterproductive to expanding into awareness, if that's what you want to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I tell people try a, I call it a tech detox. Mm. Just, I used to say to my students, do it for a whole day, but most of them couldn't. I say, just maybe pick three or four hours. No TV, no radio no internet, no phone and observe what happens to your physical body.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm sure of, that
0: a lot of times you get shocked.
1: Yeah. You, you basically go into a resting point and then you become more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Can you share a significant moment from your journey and your current understanding of it, providing insight into how the unse- unseen realm works?
0: Uh, Say that again, can I share a significant?
1: You're a medium, and what are some of the most important concepts you've learned from your conversations with people living on the other side of life?
0: Probably the most important thing I've learned is they're not dead. That they are still right here. That they still wished they still are involved with our lives and that probably the only thing that's keeping them from direct communication with their loved ones is that their loved ones either don't believe they can or they're in a place with their grief that they can't move past that but usually our loved ones want to come back and either encourage or sometimes if the relationship was a difficult one don't be surprised if they try their darndest to try and show up and make it right. Yeah. And they can be very creative.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have, have you ever had any trouble with spirits, though, that have uh, crossed over that um, we're trying to make a point in other ways?
0: The only trouble that I've ever encountered as a medium came because of my own ignorance. Oh. So it it was what led to me actually saying, oh, I think maybe I better get some training because (laughs) I need to know what's going on here. So that's when I sought a human teacher. Uh But uh, because for me, the mediumship opened up, I'd been doing intuitive stuff for maybe 15 years. And I started, I I was doing artwork, spiritual art for people. like their guides or their past lives. or I would do these things I called soul prints that would be their whole uh, pencil rendering of their face as how they are, would be in the middle of the paper. And then around them in color, I would put their past lives or their other worldly connections or symbols or whatever. Mm. And I was working on a piece for a woman and right towards the end, I became aware of a smiling, square faced man with curly hair, dimples, twinkly eyes. And he did not feel like a guide. And he did not feel like one of her past lives. But I was like, impu- like the impulse was so strong. And I said to her apologetically, I have to draw this sketch on your drawing. So I hope you can relate to this person. If not, I can cover it over because I put it in a, I drew it in blue pencil in a blue area of her art Mm. so that if she didn't know this person, I could uh, smudge it out pretty easily without (laughs) ruining the entire piece I just spent two hours on. And so I drew this man and turned it around, apologizing the whole time. And she took one look at that little sketch and said, that's my father and burst out crying. So I wasn't aware enough to be able to tell her any message from him, but that's how creative this man got yeah. in order to get me to be aware of him was through my art. Well, here's what I know about people on the other side. Once they know you can perceive them, Then word gets around. (laughs) Word gets around. Okay, we've got another one. We got a live one over here. So I started myself experimenting with this because that's what I'd done my whole journey was just try things on for size. So I started inviting people to my house, and, you know, there was one room in the house where they would be. Well, I noticed I'm having random people on the other side, people like in parts of my house, they were showing up now <laughs> as I became more aware of them. And I said, okay, you have to stay in the dining room. You can't come in any other part of my house. <laughs> and they were polite. They, so so I did lay down some rules and it seemed to be going along just fine. People would show up. Somehow I would be able to talk about who the person was. And they always. I always made them tell them, tell me about themselves because I had to believe it was actually a real person that th- somebody here could identify with. I later found out that's what it's called evidential mediumship, but wow. I didn't know that's what it was. I would just say, you're going to have to tell me about yourself. And I would get a sense of how they looked physically. So because mm. again, with the art thing, so I was always able to pretty much describe them. Well, so I was doing one of these things at a, a a woman's place in Omaha, Nebraska. And these people showed up, and uh, on a Friday, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of a thing, so I did little things each day. And at this one Sunday, on Sunday, I'm talking about this person, and this person that I thought he belonged to wasn't acknowledging that this was and I started feeling very not good like physically not good and to the point where I I was having issues with two two different male spirits one of them turned out was was an alcoholic who you know he the person that I was trying to get her to say this is her brother had sent a message i guess in her mind to this spirit that they wanted to know whether he died of a heart attack or a drug overdose Mm. but she didn't ask me or say anything to me oh so i'm getting because guess what surprise surprise i'm a physical medium okay so i feel I have the capacity to feel sometimes my face will change and mannerisms mm. and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know that at the time. So mm. I'm getting this pressure in my chest like I got an elephant sitting on my chest. I'm dizzy. I'm starting to sweat. And so I told the woman who had invited me, I said, we got we to gotta stop. Because then I started feeling this pain in my head, too. Well, it was the other person that they didn't, they didn't that's not our guy. Well, yeah, it was. And um, as I'm stumbling out of the room, I'm saying, oh, yeah, I'm feeling this sharp pain in my head, and I have a toothpick in my mouth. And I said that, and these people over here that I'd spent 20 minutes trying to get them to say, yes, that's my husband slash father, were like, no, that's not him, until I said the thing with the toothpick. Now, all of a sudden, they want me to start, and I'm going, no, we're done. I don't know what's going on here, but we're done. And so mm. I went in the I went in the bathroom, I took a bath, I did all the things I knew to try and bring myself back in. Yeah. I went out in the woman's backyard and laid down on the ground flat, you know, flat on the ground. And it's when I learned that animals can be very helpful. She had a dog that was very annoying. Like every time I came to the house, that dog would bark, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm going, come on, stop with the barking that dog came outside laid down right next to me now the woman knew that the dog could annoy me but for some reason it felt like that dog needed to stay right there because it just sat there on the ground belly flat on the ground with her little legs out and she was looking right at me so i knew something was going on so i i told the woman no go ahead it i'll the dog can stay it's okay well I laid out there for i don't know how many minutes and then i started to feel better and just when i thought oh i'm gonna get up and go back in the house the dog got up walked to another part of the yard peed and went inside and i believe that dog helped me get Mm, back yes so apologies to that little dog (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) for doing your job but what I believe happened was both of those, I believe the f- the first spirit, the one that probably had a heart attack because of a drug overdose, it wasn't either or, I believe he OD'd and it caused him to have a heart attack. So what killed him, the chicken or the egg, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that sensation, well, once the other spirit saw that this one was impressing me in that way, he also so he had an aneurysm and he literally died in his recliner with a toothpick in his mouth so i feel like he was just trying he was so desperate to get to try and get his message to his loved ones that he jumped on with the first one
1: yeah it's pushing in
0: and and i'm going okay well that's that's enough of that for me so i basically came to understand I need some education here. So I went and got training and discovered that, well, guess what? As the medium, I get to set the parameters. Yes. <laughs> so now
2: <laughs>
0: we have rules. And I basically said to the spirit world, if that ever happens again, this shop is closed. And it never has.
1: Okay, so you've had no no one sticking around, no one bugging you afterwards?
0: No, no. That's great. That's Mm-mm. great. Yeah. They will influence me sometimes, even a couple of days before readings and stuff, and I'm oh. aware of it. But they're not really pushy.
1: Ah, oh, okay. So they're like standing in line, going on, I'm, I'm coming to see you. Yes.
0: Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've got so, an appointment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll feel them, but they don't. They don't. N- not none of that. Now they will sometimes get my attention by clogging my throat a little bit, but they usually only do that during a reading. They don't mm. do it randomly.
1: Right, right.
0: So we have boundaries and they're being respected. So that would be the other thing that I would say is if anybody wants to explore being of service in that way, don't be frightened, learn how to set boundaries and learn how to manage the energy. Now, I will also say, I don't do paranormal exploration. I don't do that kind of investigation. I don't do the ghost thing. I only do the dead people thing. So... Mm. And I do believe there's a difference. So I will, I will also say that.
1: Okay. Yep, understood. Mm-hmm. Now I just wanna roll back to your story about when you were doing the um, uh, spiritual art paintings with mm-hmm. people. Did you find that was like, a um, for you as a doorway, did you find that that actually helped you to open up like massively to- Yes. Seeing.
0: I had a natural ability untrained, but it was a natural ability for art, and I know I was very aware of, I had a guide that worked with me, especially in the beginning, because I wasn't really good with faces, and I was doing all these guides and stuff like that, and the faces would be off a little bit, and then I noticed that sometimes I would have this impulse to maybe make this change, and then it looked better, so I do believe I actually had a guide that worked with me to That helped me with that was my art teacher, for a while. But yeah, it was through the taking the images that I was seeing and putting them on the paper, and then discovering as I'm working with putting them on the paper. Oh, now I'm getting thoughts about this image. So then I would start talking about what was coming to me as I'm drawing the thing. So yeah, it it just okay. So now I'm getting clairvoyance and some clairaudience thrown in, and cognizance, and then every once in a while I get a feeling, but mostly it was all. And so i just started saying what was coming to me so How it turned into it? a reading yeah
1: mm-hmm. wow cool yeah yeah so it does sound like that um you know uh, short circuiting the logical mind by doing the art itself yes opening your path Co- to- yep
0: exactly <laughs>
1: yeah, very cool
0: the universe is so creative no it pun is. intended.
1: yeah no. yeah totally now you're In the process of finalizing your book now, which is Signals From My Soul, and that's a spiritual memoir of awakening. Can you tell us about that book?
0: Yes. Um, I have more than once started various and sundry books having to do with spiritual stuff. Um, I actually wrote one that will come out after this one that never got published because it turns out Spirit wanted me to actually tell my story first. So, okay. I was trying to remain anonymous or a little bit incognito. And I read a book, two books actually, by uh, Betty J. Kovach, PhD. She wrote um, The Miracle of Death, There is Only Life. And she wrote uh, the one that really got me inspired to write my story was uh, Merchants of Light, The Return of Christ Consciousness. And I've had her on my podcast. And in her books, she actually told some of the more quote-unquote fantastic stories about her own spiritual journey. And I thought, well, if a woman of this stature could put herself out there like that, then I guess maybe that's what I need to do. So this is a story of how my soul reestablished a strong connection with me and the things that I was taught and the experiences that I had Um, I've done a couple of five-minute readings from them that are available from the book that are available on the podcast ones called the pink gorilla and the other one is there can be miracles because when the healing started for me I asked at the time I was calling it God, I asked God to please, at least one time in my life, I wanted to know that I, through me came a miracle level healing for someone. I wanted to know that that happened. And it took 20 years, but it did happen. And that story is one of the ones that are in the book. So I tell the story of I'm waking up I don't know what's happening i'm afraid i don't know what's going on i'm scared and when i ask for guidance or ask for a response from the universe about what's happening to me i was given signs and signals that let me know it's okay and so i tell the story of how i learned to integrate the information that was coming from the unseen world into my daily life i live life very differently from other people sometimes i'll make an appointment with my 3d mind that later has to be canceled or changed because of something else that needs to happen and people just have to learn that it's not personal
2: yes yeah.
0: well what has to happen and i used my human mind to set this on the schedule and didn't realize there was something else (laughs) that needed to happen instead because i've always asked i just want to be where i need to be when i need to be there i just want to do my part because that's all any of us can do in this whole grand scheme that's happening is whatever our part is whatever that looks like and sometimes it means okay now i got to be i got to be at walmart in the frozen food section so I can run into somebody that needs a message from spirit about their health or whatever it is. I mean, it's like that. So I tell those stories in order to maybe inspire somebody else who's on the cusp or who is finding their life falling apart around them and they don't know why that's happening. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, you're probably waking up. If your life is going to heck in a handbasket, it's usually a pretty good sign it's getting ready to make a major change if you choose to accept it. Cue the Mission Impossible music. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so when is this one due to be out, do you think?
0: Well, I wanted it for my 70th birthday, but that's not going to happen. It does take a little longer to do all the... I guess the back office work. There was a little bit more involved than I thought of getting the files ready to upload and all that good stuff. But hopefully yeah. before the end of the year. I'd I'd like to have it out in time for people to get it for people for Christmas. So
1: Will you be publishing goal. Will you be publishing on Amazon or where were people? Yeah, it'll that? be
0: available on Amazon and through Ingram Spark, which means that any, any bookstore they walked into could they could get it.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories you could share? um of the healing that you've done with people um which you saw as a massive life change for them not the miracle one because that's in your book but any other ones that you could share that you could anonymize um so as an inspiration to others about your work
0: yeah there's um the team works with people on more than just the physical level yes you can come with physical problems but sometimes we have blocks that we can't move through or we want to know what's holding us back. Well, all of that is stored in your body as well. And so there are certain processes that can be done to help those things be released. And um, I'm trying to think of a specific example that's not one of those miracle things. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I don't have a story list. Yeah. That's all right. So, You're one of my first interviews. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's okay. It's all going to flow just right, as it always does. You mentioned the team. You said the team works on. Mm-hmm. Who, who is the team to you?
0: Um, they call themselves extra dimensional beings. So. I always feel like wherever our Creator sources, if I have to put it in a hierarchy, which I don't like to do because that's part of our problem is hierarchy and polarity, but if I were to draw a map of creation and the Creator is at the top, these beings are kind of slightly over to the side and just down a very little bit. They're about 14 feet tall, they look like columns of light, and they're only desire is to be of service here now when they when they engage so I'm the conduit that's my function I'm the conduit through which the energy that's projected in flows so I go into a light trance and I either hum or I say what I'm seeing and when I've asked them before why do I have to hum they said, because we come into this dimension on the carrier wave of your voice. Oh, nice. And so if you're not making sound, if the they, we can't access the... And people can actually feel them physically working. They can feel... The recipient oftentimes can feel them physically working. And so I just know they're here to help. And... I suspect that when I go back to the other side, I'm going to find out that I'm the one that drew the straw to be here.
1: (laughs) Makes a lot of sense. I I really
0: suspect that I'm, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm the Omega. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've got that stepping onto the other side too. And you jump in with (laughs) your your group of friends, and it's like, oh, I'm. I've known mm-hmm. you guys forever. <laughs> Did you feel that too with them? And yeah.
0: Yes. Um, I tell people all the time, most of my best friends don't have any bodies.
1: <laughs> Love it. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any other messages that you'd like to um, share to the listeners about intuitive work or being an intuitive? Um, and... Uh, how that can benefit them in their lives.
0: I would say to them that we are all created the same. We all have the same wiring. We are hardwired to access the field because we are spirit-animated form. And therefore, there is no gap between what we call here and there. We are that gap and that if we if we ignite or carry a desire in our heart to know more about who we are as beings the universe will show us that and it doesn't we don't have to have a massive epiphany one step at a time i want to know more about how my the senses of my soul work my subtle senses whatever you want to call them intuition whatever And step-by-step, baby steps, and know that everything can unfold organically and know that if you want to have a teacher, you can find someone that is maybe not going to always tell you, oh, you did a great job, but find someone that's going to point out to you, you might want to try this. So that's someone who's paying attention to how your senses are working and they're gonna maybe encourage you to do something a little differently next time to improve. Mm. So those would be the main things I would say is, look for somebody who's not just gonna pat you on the head and say, great job. Excellent. Desire alone will take them a long way.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Julia, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. I just Mm wanted to know, is there um, any place that you'd like to send people so they can find you and uh, um, avail themselves of your services or learn more about your work?
0: Probably the easiest way is to go to www.juliamarie.us. They can see some pictures on there of Aura pictures that were taken while I was working with the team. Those are kind of interesting. There's pages on there about the academy and about the readings that I do. And if they want to hear my humble podcast, they can find that at evolvinghumanspodcast.com.
1: Excellent. Well, um we've come to the end unfortunately, but um it's been very uh, much pleasurable to talk to you about your intuitive abilities and your understanding of um our connection to the infinite, I would say. That's a nice word, mm-hmm. isn't it. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, Julia. I really appreciate it.
0: CJ, it's been great. And I look forward to us reconnecting somewhere down the road, either on my podcast or yours. Yeah, Yeah. for
1: sure. That'd be cool. Great fun. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. I'll say bye for now. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks to Julie Marie for coming on the show today. That was... Uh, a really good talk on intuitive abilities and how life changes can really open you to a new way of being and she's she's been through um, like a massive almost 180 degree change from a staunch materialist into a we'll just say it more tuned into the flow of life sort of being so Thank you so much again, Julia. If you enjoyed the show today, please reach out to Julia and tell her yourself. That'd be really appreciated. I'll provide all of the uh, links to her um, her site and her um, podcast as well, in case you're interested. And if you've enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star rating. And if you want to come on the show and you have something you'd like to share, please contact me at supernormalised at proton.me. And thanks again for listening. Until the next show, bye for now.